0: Right on. Welcome back. WrenchNation.TV. Come hang with us there. You can catch your favorite show. We had Magnus Walker on there, Spike Fairston, And, of course, uh, last week's show was uploaded. Over 240 shows, you'll find something for you. Uh, big shout-out to KFNX on the weekend. Thank you for hanging in all of our podcast family. With a shop that'll have you drooling from afar or really drooling in-house. About 4,500 square feet of custom in hot rod heaven. Voodoo Larry has an array of complete frame-up builds alongside some eclectic daily drivers that may just be waiting for a little twist of a mild custom. With the eye and the gift of the build and and that vision, we're honored to have Voodoo Larry out of Chicago, uh, Illinois, I should say, not out of Chicago, Elk Grove, Illinois. Uh, Voodoo Larry, you there? I sure am. Right on, brother. I know you're busy. I, I know, and we so appreciate you making some time for... Uh, for fans of the Wrench Nation, man.
1: Awesome. Cool, man. Well, I'm here. Yeah. Let's talk some cars, man. Let's get going. We right do. Larry? We just <laughs> got to
0: hit it right hard. We'll, we'll talk about your history in a minute. But we were, we were, and I want you guys to check this out, Voodoo <clears throat> Sahara. That car was all, I've never seen anything built like that. Uh, tell us the inspiration and a little bit about that build project that you highlighted recently out in California.
1: Well, the whole thing started was I know you guys had mentioned earlier about taking cars to paper and to building them. I, I forget the paper. What I, what I do is I go right into the building the, the car itself. The oh my right god, man, me.
0: that's like scratch kitchen, man.
1: Yeah, I don't draw anything out. You know, it takes more time to draw a picture of a car than it would be just to modify the car while it's in front of you. You know, oh, I
0: love that. Yeah.
1: So basically, what the whole thing started was uh, as a kid, I fell in love with the original Golden Sahara that George Barris built back in 1953. From his '53 Lincoln Capri, and I always wanted to build that car myself. So I think what happened was years ago I got this Kaiser '54 Kaiser, and I looked at the body lines, and it was a rock bucket. The thing was ready to go to the junkyard. And I'm looking at it, and I'm like, you know, I got to start building this car. I'm going to build the the Golden Sierra, but I want to build it in my terms. You know, I've been building cars for 45 years, and and I'm like, you know. I'm going to build this car for myself, but I'm gonna build it on my style
0: but still honor honor that yeah. that george Barris uh custom, right, but just give it all kinds of your twists. I mean, it seems like a lot of your rides are in the heritage of George Barris
1: yeah, more old school styling you know it, you know you can have a modern drivetrain in a car, no problem with that, but I try to keep my cars old school looking on the outside, you know, air correct as much as I can find the air correct parts for nowadays, which are getting hard to find too, you know? So basically I I build the car around to whatever parts I have laying around, and I just keep building, you know?
0: Wow, there's no fancy there.
2: Yeah, none at all. (laughs) Pretty much. So, hey, Larry, going into that, how much metal is in the back end of that car?
1: (laughs) Let's put it like this. There is uh, about 14 sheets of 4x8 20-gauge sheet metal in the whole car. Wow. (laughs) 14, 14 sheets. Okay, that's. You know, and a lot of the car is still actually underneath the original, uh, all the sheet metal I put on the outside. A lot of the original car is still under there, except for the rotted stuff. I cut all that out, obviously, and, uh, you know, modified it from a four door car to a two door car. And then pretty much the whole back half of the car is uh, scratch built. I use uh, many miles of round bar, and uh, basically I built a framework of that and then wrapped a sheet metal around that.
0: It has such a presence. Um, am I understanding this right? That you originally bought. This ride at the time, going back to 14, 2014, um, you bought a Kaiser for your girlfriend, Colette. Yeah. And,
1: you, and then, did you uh, have a she, parts car? Actually, it came with a parts car. Okay, yeah, that's what it's thought. Car, okay. Yeah, the, the parts car uh, was basically ready to go to the junkyard, so I took all the parts off that I needed. And basically, I couldn't send it to the junkyard. and had a clear title for it, so that's why I decided, you know what, I'm just going to build the Sahara. And that's where that led to from there, and then it took me about 13 months to do all the metal fab. And this is after hours, you know. Obviously, I'm building 11 cars for my customers in my shop, and I'm a one-man shop. I have no employees; it's me building cars here. And uh, basically, I'd spend early mornings, late nights, and still spending eight to nine-hour day on customer stuff.
0: Larry, I got to ask you because you just you just indicated some incredible uh, productivity, and then to add to the incredible, like on steroids. Like you, you don't have, you didn't, you don't have any drawings, man. I mean, this is, so there's yeah, like, you uh, No, the eyes, man, what's with your, have you had your eyes tested? (laughs) I mean, (laughs) dude, no, seriously, the, the production that you, I mean, you're running and gunning all day building for your clients and then you're working after hours. And by the way, you can, you can get online. I think you've got some YouTube videos, which I really admired you. um, They were quick. They were precise. You were showing folks. Uh, some of how yeah. you do it and sharing that knowledge.
1: Yeah, there's a few videos on, like, bead rolling and sheet metal work and stuff like that. I, you know, for me being a one-man shop, it's hard for me to film myself, you know, working on stuff. So, And I've had a lot of calling for, you know, you know, to do more YouTube videos, and I'd love to, but, you know, trying to set up a camera for me to be, you know, to be on yeah. me working all day. It's work, dude. Yeah,
0: no, no, it's work. It's work without so without a squad. Well, is. let me ask you this. Right now the industry is seeing a shortage of technicians on sort of the retail size I'm sure Greg on the custom side yeah. just all across the board if you could find some talent would you hire them and or is that something you're just you just like to work alone um well
1: you know back in the day you know I last last time I had an employee was about 9 years ago and my customers bring their cars to the Voodoo Larry for that for him to you know for me to build so I'm like you know what, I'm just going to build the cars myself if they're willing to wait and, and have a good you know, product after at the end, then then I'll just keep building myself. You know, I'll be fifty seven in a couple of days, and and uh, I'm not done building yet. You know, look at like Gene Winfield; the guy's ninety four years old, and yeah, he's still he's doing going. all this stuff. And I look up to him. I've I've known him for about thirty nine years, uh, actually, probably about forty two years now. And I always look up to him and George Barris and all the other legends of customizing. And I just look at it like you know, if they can do it, I know I can do it. And I try to, I try to, I try to help out my younger buddies. You know, my my brother Chad down in Florida. He's a young guy, and he's starting out. and And I'm trying to keep this going by, you know, doing these chop classes and metal shop classes to show these younger guys to get out their garages and start doing stuff. You can have the basics of tools. You don't need the expensive power hammers and all this stuff. You can do the stuff like when I started out doing the cars 45 years ago in the garage with basics of tools to build your own stuff. You know. Yeah.
0: You really put my your goal signature. Is to try to
1: yeah. do this, you know. Try to help the younger generation, you know.
0: Yeah, no, no, no. That's solid. And and uh, you guys get onto uh, on the internet. You can find man. You're all over like Instagram, Pinterest, even Pinterest. Man, there's a ton of stuff for you on Pinterest. I mean, because these cars really. I didn't
1: even know that. <laughs> yeah, there's
0: yeah. You you got you got a lot of stuff. My my point is this. So I want to get back to the build. Um, you know, we have had a variety of folks: Johnny D, Diagostino, and. And and um, yeah, well,
1: he's a friend of mine. He's an awesome. Guy. He is an awesome yeah. guy.
0: He's amazing. Uh, he's one of the original uh, gangsters, going back like yourself in that whole custom build. Yeah, uh, has yeah. some great builds behind his name. Very well respected. But what 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 comes to mind? Which I'm trying to wrap my head around. I mean, you're you're more true artists. Like artists don't paint a picture and say, "Well, I need I need a couple more painters to help me paint this picture." You've actually got it down to where you're at peace with self. And your vision, you see, you get done.
1: Right. You know, like I said, you know, building my own cars, is. You know, and a lot of people say, wow, you finish your car so fast. Well, if I'm going to spend, you know, 20 hours a day in a shop, I'm going to spend eight, eight or nine hours a day on my customer stuff and then, you know, work on my stuff another eight hours a day. So, you know, a lot of times, you know, the time I get my cars done, you know, I have customers, say, oh man, my, my car's not done yet. Well, you know, when I spend 20 hours a day in a shop, that means I'm spending eight hours. A day on just my stuff alone, or t- you know, ten, twelve hours. You know, yeah. so a lot of times that's how I try to get my stuff done a little faster than, than normal. You know,
0: well, you have a but, routine. I mean, you know certain cuts, exactly. And yeah, yeah, and and that. Well, Greg, it's like anything else. I think they say it's ten thousand hours of doing something, like a pilot's license. I believe. I think. Well, I think assessment is a thousand know. hours. No, there's a book out there, and I, 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 you guys know more than I listening. But there, it's about ten thousand hours. And then you've somewhat, not mastered, but you got to a point where you can do it efficient, and it's it's rhythm in the hands.
2: Yeah. and I mean, yeah. I, mean I, I think going back to Larry's, you know, his, his direction on how he builds cars, you know, Larry, you, you know, you're doing your own thing. And, you know, even though some people do get frustrated with builds because I've been on that side of it, man, when they pick it really? up, they forget all that stress when they pick it up. They cruise it exactly. down the road, and I know Larry's the same. They, Larry, how do you, how do
0: you describe I'm going to just use the word climax. I mean for for actually take it yeah. take it bare bones to a mechanic. That may have struggled with a simple clutch job on a four-wheel drive Nissan. I'm just saying, when they're done, there's a level of boost and adrenaline. Yep. And it feel good to hey, I'm coming back. I'll do that next one. You 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 obviously feel that.
1: Yeah, well, see what goes back here. I'm going to go back a ways here now. This is probably going on about 20 something years ago. I always said, you know, there, there needs to be a cool TV show on custom cars and building custom cars and fabrication time and all this. And then all of a sudden, you know, shows start coming out, and then it got to be all drama. Yep. And it's like, you know, you know, don't get me wrong. You know, I, I like some of the shows. You know, I, I, I watch county cars and, and bitchin' rides and stuff. But it's one of those things that they don't show enough of the fabrication time. And in my world is, and I have a lot of people like, man, it would be really cool to if if Voodoo can do more fabrication videos and do maybe YouTube videos or a TV show. They're not going to do a TV show on me because I don't have employees. They they like the drama stuff. They know that's modern day now. They
0: want to see coffee spilt on a $10,000 upholstery. You know, screw that. You know, we had Will Lockwood on, and it's one of the things that he said. Dave Candigan, he was like, you know what? I'm not doing this. And playing by those funky rules, and they were they, and that's why I think yeah. that's why they have a following. And I think you're speaking to that. No time for drama. Let's no, get it on. at all.
2: It's not even entertaining anymore.
0: No, get
1: it's getting kind of the point. Where it's like you know, metal fabrication does take time. You know, and that's one thing I, I I try to explain to my customers is not something that's going to get done in a day. It may not be something to get done in two years. You know, I'll have cars in my shop three or four years, maybe even longer. But it's one of those things that people want to see. How to do stuff, you know? They want to learn stuff. They want to go in their garage and like, oh man, I just saw this on a TV show last night, and this is how he did it. Not somebody throwing cookies across the floor or whatever, or you know, throwing a you yeah, know, no, it's a, trivial bitch about something. But it's one of those things that let's get in our garages, let's get in our shops, like I did forty five years ago, and let's make something from nothing. Let's let's learn how to chop a top, you know. Let's learn how to French a set of headlights or taillights or shave door handles or French an antenna. You know, and it's one of those things that we, back in the day, we had magazines. We didn't have social media. We didn't have TV shows. We had magazines. We had literature. We had looked at pictures. And I'm proud to say, you know, I grew up in that era by by having pictures in, you know, pocket-sized magazines back in the day to build my cars. And that's how I learned from the old styling, customizing that these guys, yeah, I mean, these guys torch-welded everything. There was no MIG welders. There was no TIG welders. Yeah. Everything was torch-welded with coat hangers or, you know, bar stock or whatever. And these guys built some real radical customs. And I'm talking about stuff back in the Barris days and the Gene Winfield early days and, you know, Joe Ballion and, 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 you know, uh, Bill Hines and all those guys. You know, Bill Hines was known as the lead slinger. That guy... Cover a whole car in lead and fabricate it, and that thing would be like a jewel when it was done. Yeah. They don't nowadays. It's you know everything is modern technology. You know, you know they have modern special bondos and fillers and all this stuff to, to build these cars, which is fine. That's great. You know, but back in the day, people forgot about the the old school style of building. Yeah, and, and that's where I learned when I came in as being a young kid, I learned how to fabricate and bend metal in the grass in the backyard with a ball-peen hammer. Old school, old school
0: man. tree stump. Old school. We're going to talk more about that if you're just joining us. Honored to have uh, Voodoo Larry, uh, Voodoo Larry Customs. You guys get on Instagram. We're going to take a quick break. I will tell you the 10,000-hour rule that I was talking about. That's Malcolm Gladwell's blockbuster book Outliers. It basically says it takes 10,000 hours of intensive practice to achieve mastery of complex skills and so on. Wow. So I, I try to examine, like in my world, I'm sure, Larry, you probably don't even think about it, but, you know, how long, you know how many years does it take? Well, I'd like to talk a little bit more about that when we come back from the break. Welcome back, Wrench Nation. Get on to wrenchnation.tv. Uh, as I tell you every week, if you guys dip in and out of the show, it's all good. You guys get busy. Get on to the podcast, and you can listen at your leisure over a cocktail, whatever have you. And then please, uh, if you know anybody that you think will enjoy the show, Uh, Share the show with them. And lastly, if you have a rock star automotive mechanic, technician, builder, fabricator in the industry, we got an open mic always for the talent as we love to highlight the good works. Voodoo Larry Grobe uh, started building cars way back when, uh, well, starting back when he was 18, uh, and runs out of his shop, about a 4,500-square-foot facility, and one of the many five-star online reviews, quote, an artist that cares about his work, close quote. Welcome back, Voodoo Larry.
1: What's going on? I'm here.
0: Yeah. No, man, we appreciate it. I I did actually check out your reviews. Uh, Some of the risk of not being able to really put out the vision for your client, I can get it in that arena, is having three or four people that don't meet the vision. So you are solo, you are proud, and that's where your heart is.
1: Pretty much. You know, like I said, 45 years I've been doing this, so it's it sticks to heart, you know?
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think it's great that, you know, you have the vision and you don't hand it off to someone else, even though there's a lot of cool builds with that aspect. But for you to have your vision and you to keep it to yourself and then execute it, it's amazing, Larry. Great. I watching. mean,
0: I want to do yeah. something like that, dude. Yeah, Some I days wish. I get, let me tell you something. Uh, Mr. Larry, I had three locations. I think I had, I don't know, 27 employees at one time. And it's hmm. stressful because you end up leaving – the bay. I mean, you still got to build your business, processes, all this kind of stuff. But I'm in an office and I'm like, I want to be out in the shop with my my, my people. Hey, right. you
2: get locked in.
0: And honestly, I was not that multi-store guy I sold and I have the one big daddy and we're doing fine and I'm able to get in the back shop. Um there are ways to do the process. Uh, I use uh, Ken diggett you know, he's got a whole team over there, but we had Von Hotrod on. I think it was episode 220. You guys can check that show out. Part of building these customs, we talked earlier on in the show, the definition of custom with the K. Could you help our audience identify and understand what that whole custom car culture is all about? You know, Vaughn Hot Rod, you know, described it in his way. Um, he's living it just like you day in and day out. What's that all about, this whole custom car culture?
1: Okay, so we're going to go back here to the early Barris days now. And from what I heard, and I'm talking about. I'm, you know, George Barris was a friend of mine, and, and I looked up to him. And like I said, all the legends of customizing. But from what I remember, and if you guys remember, a guy, his name was Kenneth Howard, and he went by Von Dutch. Oh
0: yes, oh yeah, yes.
1: And he was also a pinstriper, as all uh, as I am too. And Von Hot Rod, he's been a pinstriper. I've been pinstriper for about you know almost forty years now. And one day, George had. Kenneth Howard come to his shop and pinstripe one of his cars. And I remember reading an article, and I don't remember how long ago this was, this was, many years ago. But I remember George left Kenneth in his shop all night long. He had a bottle of whiskey there, and he drank, and he pinstriped his car the whole night. And when he came, George came in the next morning, the whole car was covered in pinstriping. I think it was uh, like a, a woody wagon that George had. And I remember this article said something about Kenneth kind of said something to George. and He goes, "You know what? You got to be different. You got to name customs with a K instead of with a C. Everybody names cars with a customs with a C, but you got to be different. And name them with a K. And I remember that story stuck with me now for at least twenty-five, thirty years.
0: There's your driving remember, pants. That's yep. your passion right there. That in itself is where you picked up. Because I'm going to ask you way back when driveway starting out small, learning. Yeah, that's that was and, and 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 for you guys listening, there's a ton of great information. Uh, regarding von dutch he's one of the original pioneers Um, the guy was really eclectic i mean he was you know grew up out there in compton high school uh you know was a bit of an athlete Uh, in fact uh, he was referred to as the fastest man in la and they gave Mm -hmm. him the nickname dutch because he was as stubborn well as a dutchman that's kind of how that all started and you guys can find all of that in fact uh shout out to custom rama Uh, in fact they did a ton of right up on your uh shop as well k-u-s-t-o-m rama.com if you're interested you can see that and and so you you're like you know what that lit me up that is different i'm i'm getting down with the k and not the c nothing against the the custom rides and in those builds right. but you really wanted your signature and that's what it's all about individual signature
1: right right now back in the now obviously as time progressed now customs kept progressing as time went on. So people are like, well, you know, they're looking at like a 70 Camaro that's fully customized. That would be considered as custom with a C. We're talking about 40s, you know, 30s, 40s, 50s, and maybe even 60s customs. That's stuck with that era of custom with the K. know, as time progressed, obviously, we're in the 2000s now. And now even if they, they modify a car, it would still be custom with a C, you know, because you modify a new car. Like, some of the younger guys nowadays, they would be customizing a, a Mitsubishi or a Nissan.
2: <laughs> I was just They would still say be
1: customizing that. them, but that would be considered as custom with a C. So it's yeah, really the old school stuff.
0: Yeah, it's, it's still uh, the old K. school yeah. with a S-K-O-O-L. Yes. I mean, I get what you're saying, that era. I mean, you can't take, like, you can't take an 85 LeBaron. I, I mean, I'm not seeing that <laughs> right. as a future classic, but there's certain criteria. Let's talk about that, because there's a whole musical movement. Um, you are a bass player. Um, you get yeah. down in the community, you do a ton of sessions and work and, and uh, you know neighborhood get-downs and such. Exactly. That's a part of that whole movement. If one were listening now, could I ask you what musician could flavor it up? What group is out there right now that really, like we intro the show with the Budos band. I, I think they're pretty cool. A lot of brass, deep baritones. What group mm-hmm. is out there that could maybe set somebody, light them up, to get into that custom culture, what groups out there?
1: <laughs> well, you know, I'm a rockabilly guy. I've been a rockabilly guy since the nineteen eighty. and you know, when you know, you know, Straight Cats, you know, finally came into the scene. You know, as being a young kid, I grew up, my mom listening all this, and Gene Vincent, and Eddie Cochran, and Bill Haley and the Comets. So as time progressed, you know, as me, as me being a young kid, graduating high school in '82, I fell in love with the Straight Cats. It was like top 40, but it was rockabilly.
2: And I'm yeah. like, oh, my God,
1: there's actually a rockabilly band that played on the radio. And I'm like, that was like, that that was me. You know, it's like I wanted to be there. So my all-time favorite band, I think, you know, don't get me wrong, I love the classics. And I you know I play many Elvis songs and stuff in my band. But I think it was the Stray Cats that really kept me going through the 80s to nowadays. You know, Brian Setzer and Lee Rocker and Slim Jim and all that. So it was one of those things, seeing my first Stray Cats concert in 1981. It it's it stuck with me ever since. And I'm like, I want to learn to play upright bass.
0: And, it not,
1: and live it. I didn't it. even start playing bass until I was 32 years old. So uh, I love I'm it. So I'm still a awesome. newcomer, you know.
0: Yeah. If you're just joining <laughs> us, uh, you guys get on the Instagram uh, at Voodoo Larry Customs with two S's and a K. Voodoo Larry Customs. I invite you guys to get yes. on that Instagram feed. Um, you will see all kinds of stuff. Uh, one of the things, let's talk about that Voodoo Psychosis, man. I love the names. Like, I mean, I know. Voodoo in <laughs> itself is good enough, you know. But uh, that's a Model A coupe that you built that sold at Bear Jackson back in 2015 uh, with yes. some fanfare. What was the inspiration behind that Model A?
1: You know, honestly, you know, I I'm a, I started out as a custom kid. You know, I was a custom kid back in the day, and I started building my custom cars. You know, shaving door handles and French headlights. But one day, I told myself, hey, "I'm going to build myself a hot rod." So what happened was, and I've I've built, you know quite a few before that car. So when it, when the psychosis came around, I'm like, you know, I want to do a traditional era style. I'm talking about like mid fifties, almost like 1960 era hot rod, you know, not forties, you know, not thirties. I want to build something a little bit newer of the styling, but make it nicer, you know? So I started winning awards with this car. You know, I went to Detroit and I won multiple awards at one show and I'm like, that is really cool. So I started building more rods for customers. You know, I'm actually building three right now, or four right now in the shop right now for customers.
0: Wow. Yeah, you guys, uh, Motor Trend did a whole uh, snapshot of uh, the voodoo psychosis. Uh, incredible. I- I'm a fan yes. of the rat rod. I mean, I love, that's like a deeper level. And, and also, I'll be, I'll be honest with you, of course, maybe, I mean, with your build, it sounds like you're, people are coming to you first and foremost for the vision the uniqueness, and the quality of work that you're doing as a craftsman. That's what it's about. But what I like about the rat rods, it's like you could be, I mean, you can have the drivetrain, tires, somewhat of an interior, and rough it, and it looks great. And all it comes oxidized. Out, it comes out awesome. All chopped. And I invite you guys, check out uh, Motortrend.com did a story. Just type in the voodoo psychosis, and you'll get more in-depth. But what a wonderful yeah. ride, man. That. I love the rat well, rods. You
1: know, the nice thing about that car is, you know, and a lot of people, you know, a lot of people would think it was a rat rod, but that was a very well-built car.
0: Yeah, you know, no, it I, is. I, I don't mean to belittle it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot
1: of detailing, you know. So, you know, there's a turn there's a between a hot rod and rat rod nowadays, you know, and, and nowadays people are building these cars for $2,500 in a garage floor in their garage, and, and they're, some of them are getting unsafe. So it's one of those things that, Let's let's spend a little more time. Let's spend a little bit more money and make our hot rod a little bit nicer. So we have a nice, solid car, or something safe to drive. You know, yeah. So when I built the, I built a car called the Voodoo Diablo uh, many years ago. It was a three foot tall car, and but it was very well crafted. And the reason why people call it rat rod because it had a patina body. It still nice. had a little bit of rust on there and had the original paint from 1927 Dodge. But it was everybody called it a rat rod. Nowadays, a lot of people are taking the term rat rod to a whole different level, which, honestly, you know, when they're starting to call full custom cars rat rods, it's like, no, that's, that's, yeah. that's not well, it. Well, i know, I'll tell you what. Fair. Fair. Go back for, to the for, early days, the jalopy days, you know, in the 40s and 50s, you know. Yep.
0: Yeah, yeah. And you, and you just answered the, I was going to ask you the question just to clarify, for my knowledge anyway. I mean, when you, and I didn't mean to call that ride a, a rat rod, uh, but what you're saying is, hey, be careful. There's a definition of rat rod, which is, you know, more basic, maybe not as structured. Yeah.
2: Yes. If you have a rat rod with a custom frame, bag suspension, that doesn't fall under rat rod anymore at all. I had a That'd twenty a high rod. It would be a it yeah.
0: It would, uh, yeah. Not be the, that's not know? a rat rod. Yeah, I had a twenty three C cab. I got to tell you this story, Larry. Twenty three C cab, uh, big slicks, had teak wood on the back, had oh. Schlitz, Schlitz kegged keg all kegger mm-hmm. all chromed out um had the steering wheel up straight up i, need a, floorboard. I need a picture of this um yeah, i have like some but I, I, I got a story and i think it relates to the quality and i picked this up this is back in 90 God, my first garage 94 95 and i said man this is cool i got a, I got a hot rod mm-hmm. Picked it up for dirt cheap had the 455 all chromed out open ceramic headers i put nose cones so people wouldn't burn themselves they'd walk up <laughs> I drove with my daughter at the time. She was five. I took it on the freeway. Everything was cool. That following morning, as I'm driving to the shop, that pop metal center link broke. Uh, and I was doing about 30, 40 miles an hour on 19th Avenue. And yeah. I, I, it was like, okay, she's going where she's going. You have no yeah. control of steering. Wow. And I ended up selling it because I thought of my daughter. I'm like, you fool. This can be dangerous. And that's what you're speaking on. A lot of these yeah. basic Bills can be unsafe. Unsafe. The
1: guys are building their, their floorboards in their cars out of license plates. You know, I mean, you're you're putting you're putting your seats and your feet and everything on top of license plates. You know, what are license plates man? On tin? Yeah. You know, so it's one of those things. Be a little safer. I mean, a lot of guys are running no front brakes on some of these cars now. You got to remember, you know, when a car is done here, you're, you're looking at fifteen hundred to twenty five hundred pound car stopping on just rear brakes yeah you know smart. so when i build my rods I, I put full brakes you know and you don't need disc brakes on a hot rod i mean they don't weigh that much you know back in the day you gotta remember some of these cars ran on drum brakes all the way around you know so when i build my rods i build them with drum brakes but i rebuild everything new i don't put old beat up parts that have been in the car since 1940 or 1930 you know so i i put i rebuild everything you know Yep. So remember, you got to be safe. You're, you're trying to stop two thousand pounds or twenty five hundred pounds. You know, and a lot of people nowadays they think you're driving a Mitsubishi. You know, yeah. So That's you got to the stop these cars. But there,
0: there's no there traction control None, on something like so that. Ever. Yeah.
2: So and, hey, so hey, Larry, I want to take you back to the Voodoo Sierra. Obviously, we heard yeah. your story right now. Now, from it uh, was your vision all these years, and then your fabrication time. You need to tell me how you felt when that thing pulled out of the shop and was done after all those years. How did you feel about that?
1: Well, I do have to say, you know, when, 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 when I sent the car, you know, I, I, I only do metal fab. I don't do paint and body anymore, so I have my, my guys. So I sent the car out, out west to, to uh, Kansas to have my buddy Matt, Matt Murray. He did all the paint and body in the car, and he did just a fabulous job. When that car came back to me as a finished, complete car, you know, after the interior was done, and my buddy Bruce Mapes out there, and, and he's my upholstery guy and my glass guy, Chicago Brian, he did a great job on helping me with the glasses and stuff. I When that car was finished, I, I, I couldn't believe it. You know, when, you know, there's some videos. You see some videos on it, some YouTube videos and stuff. But when I saw that car rolling for the first time, it was like, wow, that's a 5,000-pound car, and that car is going to be just a, a showstopper. Right. You know, when I when I was building this car with all this all this time and all the sheet metal and round bar and and just trying to figure out how how things go. I had five pictures of the original Golden Sahara in my phone. You know, trying to look at pictures and blowing up pictures in my cell phone. That's how I built that car. I didn't have any drawings. I didn't have any pictures. I had five pictures of the original Sahara Golden Sahara George built in my phone and that's what got me to build that car with what I had, you know.
2: Wow. Awesome. Yeah,
0: that's an incredible ride. Again, uh, Voodoo Larry Customs with it. a K and, and not just uh, not just the Sahara. Yeah. In fact, I was setting up for the, the Fountain Valley Car Show and I saw this car. And i on the and,
2: top of the hill on the grass.
0: And I, I gotta tell you, uh, and, and my apologies, I wanted to spend a whole lot more time, and of course, we're all busy. You were you know, people were coming up. Hey, look at the you know, there's stories, and we knew we were gonna get you on the show eventually. But man, I couldn't stop looking at that car. I lost focus, honestly, with everything else. I mean, I we're talking focus. Four I had
1: hours with that talking about that. I can tell you four more hours of that stuff. That went oh, into I, that believe car. Yeah, I... I believe it. Yeah, I believe it. All and, night We could talk.
0: Yeah, <laughs> no, I I believe it. And I got to ask you: many are listening now, whether they go to Voodoo Larry Customs or whether they, you know, approach a Ken Digget or many other great. They don't have to all be on TV, but any right. other great builder. What are some of the mistakes that a client can do by way of approaching you? And then if I can follow up with that and ask you, should they get some consultation? I think that some of these, and all due respect, we've had them on the show. Craig Jackson and his team, Barrett Jackson, do an amazing job. Mm-hmm. Russo and Steele, uh, uh, Mr. Alcazar, had them on the show. Great people. But... How does one prove what they bought if it's not a signature name in a really high end? Let's say they get, Greg, let's say they get a twenty-five to $35,000, whatever, Camaro. Right. Or, you know, uh, other, you actually, we want to go back out of the Camaros. Let's go back into the, a 55 Merc, all right? It, it's not shopped. Yeah. And then it comes to you. What advice do you have for someone before they buy it and how they should approach you with a project build, how do you handle that? What advice would you have?
1: Okay, well, first of all, I would tell the customer if they're looking to get a car, you know, buying a car that needs to be done, you know, and that it may not be done to, to begin with. It might be a stock original that's rusted in somebody's garage or a barn found car. I tell them first of all, it's going to take you quite a few years, and this is this is one thing I tell them, tell my customers. I said this is not a cheap hobby to be into by no means. You know, a lot of times, and I'm going to tell you guys, a lot of times people see stuff done on TV. Oh, my God, it took that long, but it took you this long because I'm not talking about TV time. I'm talking about realistic time. You know, when I spend an eight-hour day, it could be just welling up rain gutter on a car. And, but in TV time, they looked at it as oh, It took five, ten minutes on a TV show. And right. I tell people, do not look at a TV show when it comes to fabrication time. I'm going to tell you right now. Be ready to spend money. You know, it's one of those things that we all have to pay our bills. You know, I, anybody in this whole wide world has to pay our bills. But don't go by TV time. And don't get me wrong, I love watching it. You know, to be honest with you guys, You know, I, I, I watch YouTube videos anymore. I haven't even seen regular TV in probably two years now. I haven't seen regular cable in about two years right now. So I watch a lot of YouTube videos. I, it's more information. There's a lot of cool stuff, a lot of how-to's.
0: A lot more organic. Yep. It's not as much uh, exactly. highly produced and sizzled. Uh, I will add exactly. to that, and a lot of our mechanics, uh, our retail guys and gals that work in the trenches, uh, you know, dealing with lines of code and stuff on these new vehicles, we have the same problem. It's like you cannot think a check engine light is a free situation when you're dealing with 50 million lines of code. You know, and that's what <laughs> exactly. you're speaking on, so tread lightly. Uh, what do you got coming up? I want to send people to where you're at. What What? uh you got it. Some uh, well top secret announcements.
1: <laughs> I'm actually going to have the uh, the Sahara, the Voodoo Sahara, is going to be at Viva Las Vegas this year. Oh,
2: it nice. was supposed
1: to be there two years ago, but the whole Corona hit, and then it was actually supposed to do a whole West Coast tour. It was supposed to go from Grand National. It was supposed to go up to Sacramento, but right after Grand National two years ago, yeah. you know, the whole Corona hit, and it got put away for a year. But it's still it's still at West. You so know, it's was my buddy Alfredo's out there. He's got it stored in his garage, and ready to do uh, Viva coming up in, uh, in uh, next month.
2: Wow, so is that like a residency? Viva this year as
1: a uh, future car.
2: So it will be Will it be there for a long time on display, or just a one-time day? It will be
1: there for the Viva weekend. Got
2: well, it. it's
0: like the Elvis 2 with Johnny D out in uh, La La Land in Los Angeles. Yeah. In oh, fact, he yeah. had said, I, I don't know if you, you you probably talked about this show, but he was like, yeah, we had to move it. There were riots. And, you know, that's his baby. You know, that's his build. That's <laughs> like a child. You, but uh, exactly. we'll, we'll catch up. Um, I'm sure we'll catch up. SEMA, Vegas, we got a ton of gigs coming out. Uh, in fact, I remind everybody, uh, the Las Vegas concourse, uh, totally whole different. This is more Highline uh, concourse. A couple weeks
2: before, right? In, in
0: that, yeah, I'll have the dates on the website. But Voodoo Larry Customs, k Two S's Instagram. Mr. Larry Grove, man, an honor to hang with you.
1: Thanks, guys. It was awesome talking to you guys. and we will, We'll Hopefully, we'll do another show sometime soon, right?
0: Yeah, brother, we'll catch up with you. We'll catch up with you for sure.
1: Awesome, guys. You have a good night, and everybody out there in the whole wide radio land, have a good night, too.
2: Hey, thanks, See. Larry. Good night with thanks, a K. Guys. With a K, baby. That's good, right there. Hey, listen,
0: awesome. I'm, I'm I'm taking you up, brother JD. You, myself, there's a few others. Make sure you keep that bass handy because we are gonna jam impromptu. Cool. Uh, us bass club, you treble clef people promise? can't mess with the bass club
1: family. You promise? We'll we'll
0: rock, man. I'm not. I'm not. You, I'm not joking with you. Be surprised.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. crazy. See you, Larry. All right, peace,
0: guys. All right, that's part of Custom Car Culture, man, uh, out of, uh, man, out of Illinois. A lot of you think that it's just an East Coast uh, build or a West Coast. and There's so many great, talented folks right in the Midwest. You know, let's kick up the straight cats. I mean, we got it. We can't. We got it. Yeah. <laughs> so that is the style, uh, and hopefully you guys enjoyed the show. I, I do want to make an announcement. Uh, this is pretty incredible. You know, we talk about technology, and I want to wrap up. And let you guys know, Waymo Via, you've seen them running around town here locally in Arizona. And for those of you outside the market, I think there's three other marketplaces, Waymo Autonomous is here. Well, guess what, people? One of the largest trucking agencies, firms, Ryder, has teamed up with Waymo for the autonomous truck platform. My brother's an over-the-road trucker. Uh, Not that he's nervous, but autonomous trucking with supply chain uh, concerns going on and how things are backed up. You guys know Tenneco. Uh, this was announced at an industry show that I that I was a part of. Uh, Seven hundred and fifty thousand shocks and struts and parts are sitting on ships at Long Beach. The supply chain is so. This is uh, this is an, uh, an announcement made today. Uh, you can catch the blog post. You get on a Waymo via. Uh, they're building a dedicated trucking hub out in South Dallas that will be its primary operations center in Texas and be a central launch point to increase testing. They're coming out of Arizona doing more testing. Autonomous Man is here.
2: Wow, that's going to be crazy to see that happen.
0: Trucking, it is. And I think uh, I predict that our grandkids will laugh at us. Uh Uh-huh, you guys drove, really? Yeah, right? (laughs) What's that? (laughs) Exactly. Always a great time to hang with you guys. Make sure you check out our podcast, and if you can, wrenchnation.tv. Uh, We are going to be out at SEMA, APEC, some of the industry shows. So if you see us out there, uh, catch us, uh, wrenchnation.tv. Always family with you guys. Thank you so much. As I tell you every week, be safe, hug each other, and never forget to hug a mechanic.